0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Random History Podcast. In this episode, I shall be continuing my series on the Peloponnesian War by focusing on the third chapter, the deceptively named The Second War. So I think today is that the Second War overlaps a bit with the Sicilian Expedition, but I am looking at them as separate conflicts, as that's what many historians do, so I thought I would keep with the historical trend of looking at the war in three periods, also because doing so definitely makes it easier to digest in the form of a podcast is now rather than, oh, I got one episode covering, like, a multiple things, it's, you break it up into chunks. It just makes it easier for people to understand, so, thing to know is that, r- why the Spartans were sending aid to Sicily, they also decided that they would meet the S- Athenians in conflict and take the war to them near Athens. So, on the advice of of Alcibiades, that's the defector from the last episode, that ended up fortifying a small village nearby Athens, which is quite valuable, as by doing this, they were able to hold the land year-round, as I previously mentioned. While they were able to get massive armies into the area around Athens before, they had to leave every couple of weeks to make sure, firstly, that the helots weren't going to rise up in their absence, the helots were a massive group for Sparta. Those were their slave workers, remember? And they also had to make sure that they could get the harvest in and get the crops in, as they were citizen-soldiers. And this... An- this fact allowed the Spartans and their allies to deny Athens the use of its surrounding territories year round. Also made that made it impossible for them to safely bring supplies overland, which forced them to ship them all in. And while they were able to do that, as they did have a massive and not massive but a sizable navy, they still had to pay extra for this. In addition, they disrupted many of their nearby silver mines, and they ended up and as many as twenty thousand Athenian slaves were freed by the Spartans. Which cut into their labor force and cut into their treasury fund. So remember, these silver mines and other silver mines were being used to help fund their war supplies. And at this point, the, both the treasury and th- Athens are the 1,000 talent emergency fund. And the thing to that a talent is actually a sizable amount of money. It's not like a small amount. A talent is, some people argue, it was either 75 or 100 pounds of metal. So that's not like a small amount. But that's still... Probably not enough to on- to keep the war going forever. So at this point, the Athenians kept having to t- demand more and more tribute from their allies, which ended up causing more tension and also increasing the likelihood of a rebellion. As at this point, they're continuing the trend of requesting tribute, not for the betterment of the empire, but just for their own needs. So at this point, uh, the Athenians had also, would- also proceeded to lose their fleet and many of their troops on Sicily, leading to losing pretty much their entire empty army in Sicily. And following their defeat in Sicily, many believed that the Athenian Empire was coming to its end. At this point, they were out of their treasury, was pretty much run dry, the docks were pretty much empty of ships, they lost fleets, entire fleets and navies, and most of them, most if not, if not almost all of their youth were either dead or slaves overseas. And however, Athens did manage to recover. So that after the Sicilian expedition was destroyed, Sparta managed to encourage the revolt of many of the tributary allies of Athens, and many of them much of the Ion- much of Ionia did re- rise in revolt at this point, point. and the Syracusans themselves even sent their fleet to the P- Peloponnesians after defeating the Sicilian expedition, and the Persians also decided that they would support the Spartans both monetarily and with ships and Athens itself was also facing both revolt and faction. However, the Athens- Athenians did manage to prolong the war and survive due to several different regions. First, the foes weren't really taking the initiative. They noticed that why Syracuse did bring a fleet into the Aegean and Corinth did also bring a fleet, they were quite slow to do it, and Sparta's allies were also quite slow to not bring sh- troops, but also to bring ships too. And many of the Ionian states which rebelled were expecting that their rebellion could grant them protection from the Spartans or from their Peloponnesian League. But when their support failed to materialize, and when this protection failed to materialize, many of them would rejoin the Athenian side. And at this point, the Persians were also slow to provide funds and ships, which made battle plans hard to put together at first because they didn't really have an idea of, like, how many troops are we going to get when and when are we going to have enough men to win? In addition, the Athenians had actually saved aside some money and around 100 ships as a last resort at the beginning of the war. It's for a situation like this. And they ended up then releasing and using the sealed, this fleet, I mean, as the core of their navy throughout the rest of the war. And at this point, there was also a oligarchical revolution on Athens. The so-called Athenian of 411 BC, where around 400 men seized power, and at this point, it was possible that they could have made peace with Sparta. However, the Athenian che- fleet, who was at this point based on the island of Samos, or Samos, I don't know why I pronounce like S- Samos, but on the island of Samos, ended up refusing to accept this change of leadership, and this fleet would actually successfully engage the Spartans at the Battle of Sim, with them suffering somewhat heavier losses... But them still surviving. So it wasn't, I would not argue it was like, it wasn't entirely successful, but they did manage to live to fight another day. And at this point, the fleet ended up actually appointing Alcibiades, their leader, with him actually returning from Sparta to join back aside them. And they decided to continue the war in Athens' name, even though Athens was now an oligarchy. And their opposition would help lead to the democratic government being returned to Athens within two years. Then there's that Alcibiades. Why he was condemned as a traitor after defecting to the Spartans. He still carried a lot of respect in Athens, and he ended up preventing the fleet from attacking them directly as a way to restore it. democracy. Instead, focused more on a subtle method. In addition, he would also persuade the Athenian fleet to engage the Spartans at the Battle of Cyzicus. Cizic- in four ten where the Athenians pretty much obliterated the Spartan fleet and managed to rebuild the financial base of the Athenian Empire, which helped them gain back a significant amount of their support and gain gained back a lot of their power. And between four ten and four oh six, Athens would win a string of victories, which would eventually let it recover many chunks of the Empire and get most of it back. And a lot of this was due to the leadership of Alcibiades. thing to note is that from four ten or uh, four fourteen to four oh four you would also see the Achaemenids supporting Spartan Sparta, I mean, not Spartan. As from 414 BC, I don't know why I said 415 there, Darius II, who was the current ruler of the Achaemenid Empire, he'd been resenting the increasing Athenian power in the Aegeans, and he ended up having his satrap, which is basically a territorial governor of sort, who who ran the province of Lydia for him, enter into an alliance with Sparta in order to aid them against Athens, which led to the Persians reconquesting the greater part of Ionia, which of course is this ancient region on Anatolia with a large number of Greek settlements. And that. And by 412, they'd reconquered the greater part of that. And his satrap also fund the fleet of the Peloponnesian forces. And with, when Athens began to resurge in terms of power in 408 BC, Darius decided that he would continue his war against Athens and he would support the Spartans under much greater amounted to, to a much greater extent. He actually sent his son, Cyrus the Younger, into Asia Minor as a satrap of some major provinces and as the general commander of the Persian troops, where he would, his son would then ally with Lysander. Then it was that Lysander and Cyrus actually formed a an alliance of sorts together as Cyrus found a man who could help him become the king and who could not just help him, but was willing to help him become the king. And Lysander found a man... Who he thought could help him control the War of Greece, which led to Cyrus putting pretty much the majority of his means and his resources at the disposal of Lysander in order to help him win over the Athenians and achieve these both of their goals. And when Cyrus was recalled eventually to Susa, when Darius was dying, he still gave Lysander revenues from many of his cities in Asia, Asia Minor, as a way to help fund them. And Cyrus, Cyrus the younger, would later also obtained the support of the Spartans in return for his help to them, with him gaining their support when he overthrew his brother, or when he attempted to overthrow his brother, in order to gain power himself. He did fail to bother, he did not successfully lead them into battle, but he did try. Now I'm going to go into the resurgence of the Spartans, following the resurgence of the Athenians. So think of that. There was still a faction hostile to Alcibiades, in Athens, and they did triumph following a a victory by ones, albeit a quite minor victory, by the general Lysander at the naval battle of Notium. And at this point, they actually ended up using this to prevent the re-election of Alcibiades as general, and actually got him exiled from the city, which led him to him never leading the Athenians again in war. And Athens then was quite victorious at the battle of Again Nusay, which is another naval battle, and at this point, they lost 25 ships compared to the Spartans' 70 losses. However, the issue was that this they suffered bad weather, which first prevented them from rescuing the crews who were stranded in the weather, causing them some sizable issues and some sizable casualties, and they were not able to finish off the Spartan fleet. And even though this was a victory, the failures following the storm caused a lot of outrage, culminating in a trial in which six of Athens' top naval commanders were executed, and this ended up causing them to greatly weaken their naval supremacy now that they suffered a great loss of morale after a, such a horrific storm, and the loss of many of their most skilled leaders. And the thing to, to note is that Lysander, at this point, also became a major figure in causing the end of the war, and the thing to is that Lysander, unlike many of the generals who had come before him, he was not a member of the royal family, and he was also good at naval strategy. In addition, he was actually quite a skilled diplomat. In addition to being a good general, he had cultivated a great relationship with... A good relationship. I don't know what call it great because, like... I'd say it was good, not great. Just because, why they did help him, Cyrus did die still. So that ends as the court remembers before, Cyrus was a son of Darius II. And the Spartans would at one point even seize an opportunity to sail to the Dardanelles, which was a source of Athens grain... And this was quite a brilliant move by Lysander as by threatening the, gra- the grain supply of the Athenians, he forced them to follow him into a battle. And at this point, he managed to completely and totally defeat their fleet at the Battle of Agos Potami, where he destroyed 168, shipping- 168 ships and captured between three to 4,000 Athenian sailors. a devastating blow which pretty much ruined any semblance of Athenian naval supremacy, and only 12 na- th- naval ships f- from Athens managed to escape, and seven of the, uh, several of these managed to head to Cyprus rather than back to Athens as their leader. Conan was not really excited to face the judgment of the assembly for his failure, which further weakened the Athenian naval forces, and facing both starvation and disease from their prolonged siege by the Spartans at this point, The Athenians would surrender in 404. And their allies would soon follow after them. I think there's the Democrats at Samos who were still quite loyal. And were actually pretty much entirely loyal to the idea that Athenian democracy would hold on on slightly longer. And would actually be allowed to escape with their lives. And the surrender would strip Athens of its walls, its fleet, and all of its overseas possessions. Essentially ending... Much of the Athenian Empire and really just reducing Athens to a much minor power than it was before, I think it was that both Corinth and Thebes actually did demand that Athens should be destroyed as punishment for the war. However, the Spartans refused on the basis that Athens had done a great deed to help save Greece at one of the times of its great danger. Referring, of course, to the Persian War, the Persian invasions, and how Athens played a major role in repulsing the Persians. And as a result of this good day, they refused to destroy the city and instead took Athens into the Delian League as, not sorry, the Peloponnesian League as sort of a new, I don't want to say vassal, but essentially a vassal. So just to wrap up this episode, in the third chapter of the Peloponnesian War, we saw the Spartans take the fight back to Athens. After the Sicilian expedition began, and they were able to take advantage of fortifications to hold a year-round and continual siege that managed to starve out the Athenians not entirely, but managed to starve them out of much of their land-based resupply and of the use of surrounding areas. This combined with the devastating destruction to pretty much the entire Athenian forces on Sicily. the entirety of the forces deployed on Sicily managed to greatly weaken the Athenians. However, they were able to hold on and actually make a brief resurgence due to the fact that their foes were lacking in initiative and were slow to both unite and to create and assemble the forces necessary to fight the Athenians, and due to the Athenians managing to put together a still somewhat formidable force using some supplies which they had tucked away, a total of 100 ships and some money as a last resort. And while there was an oligarchic coup, the fleet ministers stayed loyal to the democratic ideals of Athens and held out, continuing to wage war in the name of Athens under leaders as the And between 410 and 460 minutes to regain most of their empire. And at this time, Darius II had actually begun to support the Athenians and actually took advantage of the war to reconquer significant portions of Ionia. And when Athens began to resurge in 408 BC, Dare to continue his conquest, well, not his conquest, but his war, and he ended up sending his son to Cyrus the Younger to help out the Spartans, and just to be a satrap of some major provinces in the region. And at this point, Cyrus allied in Lysander, as both of them saw the other one as a useful ally, as Cyrus wanted support when he attempted to take over a committed empire after his father's passing in the future, while Lysander wanted to gain further control over Greece. And Cyrus the Younger would later get the support of the Spartans. However, he would fail in his efforts to seize the and would be killed in battle about seven or so years afterwards. Thing was that Alcibiades, while a great general was eventually forced out of the position of generals after a faction which was hostile to him, managed to basically prevent his election after there was a victory by the Spartans, albeit a minor victory at the naval battle of Notium. And then the Athenians would then win a naval battle, however, they would still suffer, s- why not? Why suffering minor losses compared to their enemy, they still suffered sizable losses of 25 ships, and this combined with bad weather led to significant casualties as they could not rescue some of their crews and prevent them from following up and completely defeating the Spartans, which led to a period of outrage and a trial which actually led to the execution of many of the top naval commanders, greatly weakening their ability to wage war. At this point Lysander would end up seizing the opportunity to sail onto on onto the Dardanelles, sorry, not onto Greece, he was already in Greece, to threaten the Athenian grain supply, which forced the Athenians to come after him and engage him at the Battle of Egospotami, Ag- where he had to destroy hundred and sixty eight Athenian ships and capture between three and four thousand of their sailors, leaving only twelve remaining Athenian ships, several of which actually re- rather than returning to Athens, ended up sailing to Cyrus sorry, Cyprus. Due to, the, due to the leader being afraid to face the assembly after his failure, not his failure, but his loss. At this point, facing both starvation and disease from the prolonged siege that was still going on, the Athenians would surrender in 404, with their allies follow, following in their steps soon after, and while the Democrats on Stameless managed to hold on for slightly longer, they eventually were forced to surrender too, though they were allowed to flee with their lives, and the surrender led to Athens losing its walls its naval fleet and all of its overseas possessions, and why both Corinth and Thieves did demand that Athens be destroyed and its inhabitants enslaved, Spartans instead decided that they would save Athens and bring it into their Peloponnesian League as they thought it was wrong to destroy a city that had done, them such a, that had done Greece such a great service in a time of great danger, of course referring to Athens hoping save Greece during these Persian invasions. Thank you for listening, everyone, and once again, this was the Random History Podcast.